0: Shall we begin?
1: This episode of No Accounting for Taste is sponsored by Intuit QuickBooks. It's great to have such a well-established and thought-leading sponsor on board for the podcast. Just as we deliver everything you need from accounting news, QuickBooks has everything you need for your accounting software, including Making Tax Digital. For more information, go to quickbooks.co.uk forward slash delightful. Enjoy the show. Hello everyone and welcome to No Accounting for Taste, the podcast for accountants from accountingweb.co.uk. Today we're going to be talking about video marketing for accountants, non-financial metrics and cold hard cash. Uh, Before we kick off I'd like to thank our sponsors QuickBooks for supporting this uh, ramble chat about all things accountancy, so thank you very much QuickBooks. we're going to be talking about these topics uh in the company of Richard Hattersley our practice correspondent hi Richard hey guys good to be back on the pod
2: and joining me is Francois Badenholz our business editor coming to you with a blocked left ear so if it sounds like uh, I'm either shouting or t- talking too quietly Goodness. that's the reason I'm not going insane I, I swear we're uh, seeing you as a mono man <laughs> so,
1: uh, yeah there we go um this is, of course, is No Accounting for Taste, episode 15. We're entering our troubled teenage years. Oh, um, hopefully uh, <laughs> hopefully our, our stewardship will, uh, you know, No Accounting for Taste won't be getting any dubious uh, tattoos or uh, visible piercings. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: course this has anyway. been recorded from our bedrooms. Yeah. Yeah. Strictly from yeah. our bedrooms, just playing our Xbox.
2: I've, I've briefly taken a break from uh, writing really overwrought poetry.
1: Is that how you spent your tea this year? Definitely. Right? Oh my god. It was,
2: was much more of a wordsworth than a ah. than a goth, unfortunately.
1: Goodness, yeah. Um, anyway, um before we kick off the sort of discussion topics, let's run through the top three headlines making news on the site. The third most read article is our dear global editor John Stockdyke, who asked, where is the bridging software to plug the MTD gap? So this is this HMRC term where um, you're going to have a piece of software that magically linked um, your spreadsheet to HMRC's uh, MTD tool. Um, so yeah, obviously uh, they are starting to emerge. I believe there was one company, Accountex Data Deer, that uh, mm-hmm. had these that John referenced. So uh, yeah, things things slowly starting to emerge. But uh, you know, as as your um, as your friend Richard Tony Margatelli. Um, Cast these as sort of hocus pocus software. Hocus
0: pocus software. Yeah, so looking forward to uh, any more spells. That's going to be coming. Witchcraft. It's witchcraft. It's complete witchcraft. Yeah,
1: so it is. <laughs> um, the second most read on the site this week. Um, this is Neil Warren's reminder that directors should be aware of uh, missing trader VAT fraud, as it can lead to penalties being issued by HMRC to a company's officers to pay personally. A big fan of Neil, so all all his articles very well read on the site, and he's a lovely chap. So yeah, Um, but by far and away the most popular on the site this week is the IR35 win for the taxpayer. So this is a bit of a funny one. Um, uh, It it was heard at the first tier tribunal over eighteen months ago, but wasn't publicised. It's an electrical contractor, I think, who um, had a personal service company and uh, took about, the case took about four years to reach the tribunal. But, uh, I mean, the taxpayer and his advisors were convinced that the contracts were not within IR35, offered to settle, but HMRC refused. So, in the end, um, he took it to the tribunal and won. IR35 is
2: just absolutely red-hot on the size Can't can't get enough, can't get enough, but there's been a few blockbuster cases to be fair, so... Mm, mm.
1: So yeah, those are the headlines. Uh, Let's kick off the discussion section this week. Uh, Richard, you've been looking at video marketing for accountants.
0: Yeah, so I'm sure I'm not the only one who's turned on their LinkedIn profile and they just get confronted with video after video after video. Um, These are accountants, these are uh, thought leaders talking about um, talk about the profession trying to attract different clients through this medium and of course when it works it can be brilliant um, in, in the article I put together there's an example from um, Mizuma accountants who uh, put, together, put together this hilarious Blue Peter type of video um it, it was a wonderful spoof and um it was a great way of just showcasing their personality and at the same time just showing what the firm can actually do and uh, again i think mizuma's um like um a few others are put using video as a way of a, a tool just to uh, educate their clients yeah uh, whether that's about tax issues or in in the way of uh, alex falcon herta she uses it as a way to help her clients get to grip with new technology, so video is perfect in that way, but um, when it goes wrong, like sometimes I'm sure you might see on LinkedIn, um, where there's a person who is rambling, who is uh, maybe not not the person you should be putting in front of the camera, Yeah, it, it can sort of lose its impact. Um, so in this actual article, I looked at how um, confidence plays a big role in this, and it, it, there's a big crossover there with public speaking, and of course accountants are not... Um, um, of course, they, they have to do their fair share of public speaking, so there is that big crossover. And some succeed, some thrive, yeah, uh, while some uh, it's crumple.
2: It's a point that you raised in the article really well, uh, Rich. By like the whole the whole idea of like video is a is a means to an end rather than it just being like the actual th- the actual uh, beneficial concept in itself. Because I mean, I've seen some bizarre ones in my time. Like some of these uh, these Talking head videos. There was one I can't one I randomly came across a LinkedIn where this guy was walking in the forest, walking his dog mm-hmm. and he was just like holding his phone in front of him. just rambling. I was like, what, what are you doing, man? It's the Blair Witch Project. Yeah. <laughs> I,
1: I think it, you know, it can come across sometimes of sort of people in their home studios. It, it can look a little bit like a hostage video yeah. as well. Um, but I, I think on, on a sort of semi-serious note that I think video is a, Often been trumped as the sort of savior of marketing for accountants, and you, you've got to remember to treat it like any other piece of content, whether that's sort of a written one or a podcast or, or, or a video. You've got to put the same level of effort, if not more, yeah. to know your audience.
0: Yeah, you, you can't uh, sidestep yeah. that, and uh, it's only going to get much more important for accountants as I, as Gary and zero's Gary turner said when he was on the podcast a few weeks back. Uh, we were talking about how um we're now moving into the selfie generation, and it, it's going to be this is going to creep and seep its way into accountancy firms much more as the years go by and younger men member, members of staff coming in uh, do influence this i slightly. can
2: I can still recall the the period not that long ago where taking a selfie in public was like a weird thing to do do you remember that
0: it's still the case if, yeah. if i'm on the bus i'm if, if i'm going to do a selfie it's going to be very,
2: very hidden. Surreptitious. Yeah. But then there you is, see some people who have zero shame. They like, <laughs> just like, take a selfie like in the middle of the street. Proper arm extension, get the whole vibe going. So yeah, who knows?
1: I think as well that, that because of uh, technology making the compliance stuff easier, firms are looking for ways to differentiate themselves. From the competition, you know, yeah. it can be um, fairly commoditized yeah. at the very, the very lowest level. And then people are desperately looking for a sort of hook, up, uh, a USP, if you like. And, uh, mm. you know, if it, if it is sort of rambling hostage videos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah so, that Bazuma
2: yeah. stuff, that Bazuma um, video that you referenced, because they actually made a couple of them. And they're just absolutely, they're outright hilarious. Yeah. Like, mm. if that, that, that's just good content, full stop. Yep. If someone put that out on YouTube, I'd be like, this is funny. And at the same
0: time, your, your website is no longer just a business card. Yeah. If you, if you can use it, if you can exploit this uh, real estate you've got online and yeah. um, just use it as a way to attract clients,
1: you may as well and use so different mediums. Yeah, and um, Alex Coombs, who came on the Receipt Bank webcast with us uh, a few a few months back, um, he talked about how Ad his his firm, had... Uh, Got these sort of user videos, as it were, to sort of talk them through how to use the various yeah. bits of software that, that they had. Sort of very, very simple, yeah. um, you know, expense capture stuff. But yeah, it's still, a, it's, it's, yeah. it's much better to show people rather than tell people, as it mm-hmm. were. So,
2: That's a really yeah. important point because I think we should be careful to say here, like, as much as like, we're keeping praise Mazuma you don't necessarily have to be goofy and funny, like it could just be something really useful yeah, like that. Yeah. Like it definitely doesn't have to be the case. that yeah. You have to be like, turn into a stand-up comedian suddenly. Uh, Alternative comedy happening in the boardroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The <laughs> uh, have going yeah. crazy. Mitch Hedberg style, <laughs> just uh, just a surreal comedy. <laughs> to Andy get.
0: Kaufman of a kind. <laughs> get, get the guitar,
1: yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, uh, I, I guess an example closer to home. Um, I'm afraid from our AccountEx playlist um, available on AccountingWeb's YouTube channel now. Um, the most watched video for AccountEx 2018 is uh, Richard Sargent and I talking about all the free stuff you get from AccountEx, so yeah that's that's um, I guess something that is attractive but as we were saying uh, whether it's useful or goofy I think it's good to have
0: a good mix yeah. of, of things. Mm-hmm. You can't overlook the power of just entertainment, that's what's
2: there for.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely! So, uh, speaking of entertainment, from non-financial metrics, there's nothing more entertaining than that. Sure.
2: Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, well, t- it's uh, it was it was actually a really interesting chat because, like, um, so I've I've been covering metrics and KPIs now for like a little bit on Accounting whip through my uh, through my little recurring series, my key, K- key KPI, which is progressively getting harder to say. Apparently, my key KPI. Um, <laughs> Uh, so I spoke to Anup Singh, who um, who uh, he is the CFO of Anaplan, which is like the UK's latest unicorn company. They they started in Yorkshire, but they s- subsequently moved to the the Bay Area, in the states, like Silicon Valley. So um, a,
1: a unicorn as in a, a company with a billion-dollar valuation. Uh, no, actually,
2: they make unicorns. No, so, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. sort of like, yeah, the, the, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the actual... I love this multicolored. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, so yeah, so, yeah uh, true. Uh, so the actual definition of a unicorn company, I think in the American sense is, so if you have a valuation over a billion dollars. Mm. So Deliveroo is an example of a unicorn company. Um, I, my mind's drawing a blank, but there's tons of other examples too. Um, uh, Uber uber is the classic sort of one most recently netflix as well um so anup he's actually british but he's been in the bay area for like 20 years over 20 years he pretty much got there uh, right after netscape netscape navigator which is one of the first browsers like did their ipo and they, that kind of kicked off the very idea of silicon valley um so he's been there for ages and he's seen that you how it's changed and stuff like that and he was he was talking about non-financial metrics so so for example, Anaplan which is a cloud cloud um, c- uh, cloud software business with a recurring revenue model, a big uh, metric for them is uh, is churn, customer churn, right? Uh, now the thing is with financial metrics is that you got you 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 can there's all kinds of weird and wacky um financial uh non, non-gap financial uh, reporting methods like community adjusted ebitda and all these strange things uh that take all kinds of expenses out of the bottom line and turn uh, like a crazy loss into like a, a positive ebitda um now but the, the the good thing about those uh metrics is that uh, you can uh, you can at least see the the gap equivalent right so it's shown next to each other but with non-financial metrics it's not the case so with churn, for instance, there's different ways to do it. Now, uh, there is some companies uh, calculate churn when they've lost the customer. So uh, I used to have a customer and their customer ended the agreement, but other companies say you may also have shrinkage um, uh, in, in your account. So if you had a customer that had 100 a, a licenses uh, and at the time of renewal they only uh, renewed for 80, that means you have shrinkage. So uh, Anup at Anaplan incorporates that, but other companies don't so it's the it's like the sort of like unregulated frontier of uh of of, of of accounts
1: i think it's extremely difficult because i guess every company uh has its own way of doing this uh i i think just as uh just as the sort of march of technology constantly keeps legislation on mm-hmm. the hop also it keeps the way that companies measure um uh their own performance yeah it's it makes life extremely difficult for those yeah. investors or, or, or yep. those, uh, analysts looking to uh, see how they are doing compared to each other
2: yeah yeah uh, because yeah so it's a, that that's one of the concerns is it makes companies very hard to compare and and the the, the reason why these sort of non-financial metrics have become so popular is that because Uh, many of these businesses sort of operate at a loss, especially initially, Hmm. and they they kind of operate in this model of like, yeah, but through uh, constant, like through very healthy customer acquisition and revenue growth, we're eventually gonna become um, profitable I guess you
1: when you mentioned Netflix earlier I mean they very very much uh, the most important metric by far are the number of subscribers they're mm. picking yeah, up yeah
2: percent so that that's like a, that's like a very very classic example of how uh, of a non-financial metric which is absolutely the like the crucial one um, another one would be Tesla for instance people because um, Tesla is just losing a boatload of money but it's still a little it's, it's struggling now but I mean uh, there was a period where it was the darling of investors and and, uh, and, and the markets and people focused very much on their output so how many how many model s's or whatever they were putting out every quarter yeah. the capacity not not the books necessarily. and they, they'
1: they've been really struggling to uh get these things out yeah. with um yeah, I believe he, he, Elon Musk
2: was uh, uh, blaming automation for that. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like Elon Musk was blaming everything for every, uh, everyone on uh, everyone that, that, that would listen, the media, everyone. He's, he's a, was a, was a Why is going like, to space so uh, has to blame? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. So very much a Trump-esque rant. I, I, I think he's going to try and expedite his Mars expedition soon. <laughs> um, but but yeah, so interestingly, Tesla really started struggling um, once uh, that manufacturing figure started flagging. Once that stopped expanding, people started going like, "Oh, oh goodness, what's happening?" It was mm-hmm. never really a question of like losing money because they've been losing money for for years. Um, it was just when they they've been having struggles with building that mega factory, mm. um, the capacity isn't increasing in terms of the output, so that that that's when people really started going. So like it's it's, it's a really strong um, example of how important these non-financial metrics are. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I mean, I guess as as well. You're able to view the, the gap figures against the non the non gap ones, so it's yeah. not as if there's there's no way of comparing them. So
2: yeah, yeah. the um so what what Anoop suggested was basically sort of like a like a gap equivalent, right? Uh, which would be pretty hard to do because different industries and that kind of stuff. But he said maybe an instance of okay so you can say look at an industry and say that oh, these are the top 20 non financial metrics and here's the best way to do them or for instance you can get the big four accounting firms to kind of create a handbook of some very common ones and also have them sort of incorporate in, in, in the order procedure because at the moment they they don't give any opinion on um, on non financial metrics so a uh, companies can kind of just make them up basically Um, and it was interesting because, uh, so Anaplan is, like I said, it's a company with over a billion dollars valuation. but the way that these metrics are often formulated is a case of, uh, Anup goes to some of his peers, asks them how they do it, um, and then he simply just picks the one that he likes or uses the one that he actually has, has the data for, um, so, like I say, it's 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 a bit of a bit of a, like a wild world in terms of how how these how these things are done. The wild
1: and wacky world of metrics. <laughs> metrics. <laughs> there we are. So, uh, from metrics to cold hard cash. Um, so this is uh, this is an Any Answers thread that I kicked off um, a little while ago and uh, has had. Quite a few responses from members kicked off quite a lively debate. Um, So I came across a piece of research from prison practitioners G4S um, that that found that cash is still by far the most widely used form of payment in all regions of the world, and cash in circulation is actually growing. So, yeah, I mean, I I guess people have been predicting the downfall of cash for, um, well, I mean, you know, since the... uh, since the check, I mean, uh-huh. you know, since 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 cards. Yeah, I, I but don't wouldn't
2: know. Uh, wouldn't the main form of currency in uh, G4S buildings be cigarettes? Quite possibly. Given uh, given yeah. that they are one of the largest prison corporations, why why would they be doing the research? I, I don't know. It
1: is a little bit incongruous, isn't it? I'm, yeah. not, I'm not entirely yeah. sure.
2: To be honest, they are. I guess they are a sort
1: of um, multinational, with a, with a lot of uh, different arms. as
2: What's what, did the research say anything about which countries were the most cashless? Or? Oh, uh, I think Sweden was uh, extremely mm. high up on the
1: list, mm. um, which interestingly is coupled with another Accounting Web member favorite here, Making Tax Digital. Yeah. Hey, So VAT uh, receipts have soared. Um, yeah. Over in Sweden with their digital VAT project, sort of hand in hand with that. But yeah. obviously, it is just easier to um, uh, to sort of pull in all this uh, all this data, sort of sales data, when people are paying on the cash. So mm. uh, yeah, I remember reading a, a, a really interesting. I think it was a blog from an Australian accountant. I think he, he, he had Chinese parents and. Um, I think a relative had a Chinese restaurant and, uh, you know, as an enterprising sort of computer savvy teenager asked for a job in the restaurant, dug out a till, you know, he noticed they were taking, um, they were taking sort of cash payments as it were. And uh, he, he he noticed there was an old cash register, electronic cash register in the Mm. corner. Oh great. I'll dig that out, get it working. This'll, this'll really help, you know, rather than just all these scrawled handwritten notes that we seem to be taking. Of course, you know, family relatively good put it away no no it's um yeah you know, obviously um they, they had two sets of two sets of books um yeah. this is obviously dif- different times obviously um,
2: speaking anecdotally i never have cash on me
0: no i, I challenge you to reach in your pocket now and to get what cash you've yeah. got i've got yeah 28 pence I think
2: I've got 20p on me. We uh, we 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 have a uh, World Cup sweepstakes in the office here. It took me about four days to yeah. stump up two pounds fifty because I'm had waiting
0: the waited to win wait just so like I get some cash. Yeah, <laughs> 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 um,
1: yeah I mean it, it kicks off quite a lively debate. There, there, there were feet in both camps. Uh, to be fair, um, I think uh, accounting world regular um, lion of Ludesh, Um stated cash isn't going away anytime soon, it's still the most convenient way of paying for small purchases, and how can you give your granddaughter a quid to spend? Are you gonna use a card reader in her doll's house? Paypal, so, paypal yeah. to her, she probably, has, <laughs> she probably has a smartphone, kids these days all yeah. have a
2: smartphone. I can
0: lend them 28p. Yeah,
2: yeah, but um, the, uh, what I will say, one of the interesting things I've noticed, because in, in a past life I, I, I spent some time in Germany and Austria and stuff, um, is that you would think Germany and Austria, those kinds of countries, very tech heavy and that kind of stuff, but very cash intensive mm. people carry like hundreds of euros around in their wallets with them um, mm. and seeing like 50 euro notes is very common people still frequently visit the ATM mm. and I, I remember even at that time I was like does no one have cards and I remember in Vienna once paying with card and the and the um, the, the the lady behind the toll had to like dig out this dusty card <laughs> it was like it was blown off a little bit so I could pay It was, yeah. I mean, so so I think I think he's right in that sense. I think we're perhaps living in a bit of a bit of a bubble with our contactless Mm. cards.
1: Yeah, I mean, one one member commented that all of my day-to-day spending is paid for by cash. Nobody knows what I buy, eat, or drink, so uh, <laughs> yeah, the old tinfoil hat brigade, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm afraid my brother is a member of uh, that particular faction, just, he's, he's not, not keen on his uh, his movements being tracked, I guess, uh, I mean, open banking obviously requires permission mm. for your data to be shared, but uh, I guess if you are uh, of a suspicious nature, then yeah. uh, you're, you, you would feel that your data is being circulated
0: anyway. I'm quite the opposite, I use my... Uh contact is kind of just a sort of like a diary so i know what i'm up to it's yeah it months.
2: does it is it is for me like a little bit of a bookkeeping mm. kind of thing in terms of just being able to track my expenditure for sure mm. yeah 100 mm. uh it, it definitely beats the days of kind of just waking up and like it like a hungover stupor and being like why am i poorer what did i buy
1: <laughs> yeah no unfortunately you, you can track your pub crawl yeah play the different pubs you've uh, <laughs> yeah. used the card in unfortunately so yeah definitely yeah no quite um quite Quite something, and I, I, I guess you have these sort of new generation of um, apps like Monzo or something that, that, mm. that you can actually set a budget and, and yeah. you know see what different types of spending yeah. um, you've done.
2: I always find it very bemusing, like especially when I visit the states and I, I give my debit card to pay for something and they try to swipe it like it's a credit card. I'm just mm. like, what are you doing? Mm. Uh, and then I, I, I have to like go draw money or whatever. It's it's happened to me. Before. It happened to me uh, in New
1: York City.
0: Because I don't trust you, Fran. Oh yeah, that's true what it is.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there we go. Um, was, I remember the, just just to round off that point, there was quite an interesting talk I went to last year at I think Oracle's big um, big bash um, over at the Excel. Uh, they had a futurologist speaking, so talking mm-hmm. about the various uh, things that's likely that are likely to happen in the next twenty or thirty years, and uh, he did. It was a very entertaining speaker, very engaging. Uh, they did a Q and A at the end, and someone asked him quite cheekily, but fair enough. He's calling himself a futurologist. What have you got wrong in your predictions? And he said, well, back in the eighties, I predicted that society would be cashless by the year two thousand. Got that horribly wrong, and he was quite happy, quite open to admit that uh, he had sort of underestimated how mm. conservative people are. With their uh, with their money, as it were, they 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 like the sort of physical currency. So yeah, and it's definitely an interesting one. But uh, there we go. I I think the uh, to use a to use a phone box analogy. I think I think the money's running out uh, on this particular podcast. Uh, kids
2: ask your parents about phone boxes. Um, that's uh, no, that's just the thing that, that 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 the kids graffiti on. <laughs> it's the, it's it's the clear little house that you graffiti on. That's what it is.
1: Yeah. Um, before we go, something to plug. Um, we talked a little bit about uh, differentiating your firm. Um, we've got a webcast on Thursday, the twenty first of June. Um, well, uh, where we're going to be talking. You've done cloud. Now what? So. I think that uh, quite a few, I mean, we, we are all sort of judges for mm-hmm. the Accounting Excellence Awards, and so we do read um, quite a lot of uh, firms who consider themselves innovative be- because they've adopted cloud technology. Now, obviously, if everyone does it, then you are no longer innovative. So we're going to look at that next step, um, as it were, how to differentiate yourself and, and um, uh, get some uh, uh, really outstanding client service from your um, From your firm. So, uh, yeah, I think that uh, draws things to a close. Fran, thank you very much
2: for your time. Thank you, guys. Still have a block, dear. So pray for me, please. And uh, Richard?
0: thanks for inviting me and I've got clear ears both of them Uh, very smug
1: and uh, yeah thank you very much to producer Abby. and uh, until next time uh, all the stories uh, will be on the show notes for this uh, particular site and for everything else in the world of accountancy we're accountingweb.co.uk bye for now thank you to Intuit QuickBooks for sponsoring this podcast for more information go to quickbooks.co.uk forward slash delightful